Hello and welcome to Bill Stern's Sports Newsreel from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. With a Colgate shave cream, Sports Newsreel. Bill Stern, the Colgate shave cream man is on the air. Bill Stern, the Colgate shave cream man with stories rare. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Bill Stern bringing you the 414th edition of the Colgate Shave Cream Sports Newsreel with strange and fantastic stories, some legend, some hearsay, but also interesting. We'd like to pass them along to you. Our guest tonight is the most famous leader in the nation, Mr. Paul White. But first, here is Real One. Bobby Riggs, the famous tennis star, today holds both world and national professional tennis championships. Bobby Riggs is not only terrifically fast with his racket, He's fast with his razor, too. Yes, sir, good and fast. He knows that Colgate Brushless Shave Cream helps to give him that speed in shaving. For he recently wrote me, Dear Bill, I'll always remember that first shave with Colgate Brushless Shave Cream because every shave since has been just as good. This light, quick-acting shave cream sure covers the court from baseline to net with speed, smoothness, comfort, real shaving performance. What I like, there's no goo or grease to gum up my razor or cling to my skin. Bill, you can call me ten years from now, and I'll still be glad to tell you Riggs is still shaving with Colgate Brushless Shave Cream. Regards, Bobby Riggs. See what I mean? No need for a stiff blanket of heavy, greasy cream over your face, but definitely no. Merely wet your face, then spread this light, fluffy Colgate Brushless Shave Cream. Being light and fluffy, it's easier and faster. And then, because it is so light, it doesn't pack your whiskers down flat so that the razor slides over them. No, sir. Colgate Brushless stands the whiskers up. So your razor cuts them off clean, close, and smooth. And, brother, whiskers can't come too tough for Colgate Brushless because this shave cream of champions gives you an even barbed wire bristles and takes care of them. And at the finish, being light and fluffy, not greasy or gummy, it rinses off your skin and your razor in a flash. Look, friend, here's my offer. You try Colgate Brushless Shave Cream. And if you're not 100% satisfied, just send the top of the carton back to me, Bill Stern, Kara Colgate, Jersey City, Zone 2, New Jersey. And I'll see that you get double your money back. Now, take me up on that. Get Colgate Brushless, the shave cream of champions tonight. It's light and it's right. It's a sure enough shaving delight. Real two. Portrait of an airplane racer. Forty years ago this month, back in August of 1907, the United States Army Air Corps was born. Because this is the 40th anniversary of the Army Air Corps... I'd like to pay a tribute to the flyers who've gone down in flames, to the boys who battled the Nazis over Belgium, to the boys who bombed the Japs, to American aviators, wherever they might be. This is your story. Our story begins with a boy named Robert Crawford. Robert Crawford was an aviator, a good flyer, a racing flyer, who before the war went from city to city winning air race after air race. In 1938, Robert Crawford decided to try for the speed championship of the United States at the National Air Races in Cleveland, Ohio. Here, each year, the greatest speed flyers in America competed against the fastest pilots from our Army and Navy and Marine Corps. It was a great opportunity for Robert Crawford to win national fame, but he didn't win the race. After the race was over, Robert Crawford was standing quietly on the sidelines watching the Army, the Navy, and the Marine contingents leaving the flying field. Each group put on a quite a show as they marched off the field. 
over hill, over dale, as we hit the dusty trail, and the caissons are rolling along. First came the army. They made a beautiful sight as they swung down the field, keeping step to the tune of their famous army song. And next down the field came the Marines. From the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli. Marines marching to the tune of their famous fighting song. It was an inspiring picture, and thousands applauded as the Marines marched off to their song. Following the Marines came the Navy. Stand Navy down the field, through the sky. Robert Crawford listened to the Navy great song, Anchors Away, as the sailors swung by resplendent in the Navy blue to the immortal strains of their great Navy song. After the Navy came the Army Air Flyers. But these Army Air Flyers marched quietly off the field. They had no song. There was no music. Everybody noticed it, but no one said anything about it. That is, no one but one gentleman. His name was Bernard McFadden, the famous publisher, who turned to Robert Crawford and quietly said, I'll put up $1,000 to go to the man who in the next year can write the best song for the Army Air Force. That night, as Robert Crawford flew his plane home from the Cleveland Air Races, he determined to win that $1,000 if he could. And inside of a week, he composed a new flying song, which he promptly sent to Washington, and then forgot. One year later, Robert Crawford was again racing his plane at the Cleveland Air Races. Now, it was 1939. Suddenly, over the loudspeaker system, came the following announcement. Ladies and gentlemen, one year ago, at these same Cleveland Air Races, Bernard McFadden, the famous publisher, offered $1,000 to the writer of the best song for the Army Air Forces. Today, once again, here in Cleveland at the air races, we should announce the winner. He is Robert Crawford. Here is his song, sung for the first time. Off we go into the wild blue yonder, climbing was eight years ago. Today, that song's famous. And we in sports are proud that it was at a sporting event, and because of a sporting event, that that song was ever born. And that's why we tell this story tonight. A story about a song dedicated to the men. The men who came roaring out of the skies to blast their way to fame. They brought death, destruction, and peace. And to the men who didn't find fame but went down in flames, this is the story of the Army Air Corps. Nothing will stop the Army Sports story behind a great song. Real three, in just a moment, I'll be back with another strange sports story, but first here is Arthur Gary. A great big welcome to a new member of the Colgate Champion Shave Team. He's none other than that sensational, colorful, blazing new baseball star, Ewell Blackwell, fabulous pitcher of the Cincinnati Reds. Ewell Blackwell, like millions of men, uses a brush and lather. And like millions of smart shavers, he uses Colgate Rapid Shave Cream, the lather shave cream of champions. He tells me this. Your Colgate Rapid Shave Cream sure pitches no-hit ball to my rough and tough whiskers. It takes all the wiry toughness out of that beard of mine, gives me the cleanest shaves I ever had. Let me shave fast, too. And, oh, boy, my face sure feels comfortable at the finish. I'll tell the world Colgate Rapid Shave Cream is tops with Ewell Blackwell. Get that, men. A great tribute to a great lather shave from a great star. And remember, fellas... Two out of three barbers use Colgate lather, so follow the champ. Take a tip from the experts. If you're a lather shaver, use Colgate Rapid Shave Cream, the lather shave cream of champions. 
And now, back to Bill Stern. Real four. Portrait of a baseball player. This is the story of a ball player, or should I say, this is the story of Ernie Burnett, who wanted to be a ball player. But as much as he wanted to play baseball, he just wasn't quite good enough to play in the major leagues. After Ernie Burnett found out that he couldn't play big league baseball, he began to study music. And he might have made a career of music if, if he hadn't fallen in love. But being in love, he wanted enough money to get married on. And so, like other young men, Ernie Burnett went west to seek his fortune. He settled in Denver, Colorado. And in Denver, forgetting music, he took any kind of a job he could get. Soon, Ernie had enough money to send for his bride-to-be. And the happiest day of his life was the day that he went to the railroad station to wait the arrival of the train that was bearing his sweetheart. Ernie waited an hour for her, then two hours, then three hours. And all this time at the railroad station, a strange melody kept running through Ernie's brain. For Ernie was happy. Wasn't his sweetheart coming on the train? And so, as the hours passed, he kept humming this new tune, trying to finish it. He wanted to dedicate it to his bride when she arrived. But even though Ernie was happy, the tune that kept running through his brain somehow was a sad tune. Was that a premonition? Suddenly, the music stopped. The spell was broken. Broken by the station master who told Ernie, I'm sorry, but there's been a terrible... Train wreck. Train went off the track. Wooden coaches caught fire. There's a big loss of life. We don't know how many were killed as yet. Ernie Burnett waited for those casualty lists. And then, on those lists, he found what he feared. His sweetheart was in that train wreck, and she'd been burned to death. Ernie Burnett was heartbroken. He wanted to take his own life. Slowly, he walked out of that station. He got into the nearest taxi cab, and he ordered the cab driver to take him to the river. That cab driver must have noticed how desperate Ernie looked. He must have guessed what Ernie was planning to do because that cab driver insisted on taking Ernie home with him. That night, Ernie poured out his heart to this kindly cab driver who brought him home. Ernie told the cab driver how much he loved his sweetheart and how strangely, all the time that he'd been waiting for at the railroad station, a new melody had been running through his brain. The cab driver urged Ernie to try and put that song down on paper. And Ernie did try. Into that song, he poured all the heartache and misery that was in his soul. The cab driver thought the song was too gloomy, and the song didn't become a hit because it was too melancholy. And so, after a while, Ernie Burnett forgot the song he'd written that night, a song he'd written in the home of a kindly taxi cab driver. In 1917, America went to war with Germany, and Ernie Burnett was badly wounded overseas. He was brought back to America suffering from amnesia. His was a bad case of amnesia, so bad that his mind was a blank. He couldn't remember who he was. That is, he couldn't remember who he was until one day, as he lay in a hospital bed, someone turned on a radio just in time to hear the announcer say... The next musical number to be played for the orchestra is entitled Melancholy Baby. It was written by Ernie Burnett. Burnett sat up in bed. Nurse, nurse, he yelled. Did you hear what that announcer just said? That's my song. He said it was written by Ernie Burnett. That's who I am. I remember now. My name is Ernie Burnett. And so, so Ernie Burnett's memory was regained. All because an orchestra leader happened to play the song that Ernie Burnett had written just as Ernie happened to tune into the broadcast. Maybe you'd like to know the name of that orchestra leader. That orchestra leader whose orchestra, by playing Melancholy Baby that night, restored Ernie Burnett's memory. Well, that orchestra leader. That orchestra leader was the very same man who years before had been with Ernie Burnett the night he'd first written his famous song. For you see, that orchestra leader who restored Ernie Burnett's memory by playing his song that night that Ernie was listening from his sick bed in the hospital. 
that orchestra leader was the very same man who years before back in Denver, as a kindly taxi cab driver, had saved Ernie Burnett's life. You know that former taxi driver today as the most famous band leader in the world, Paul Whiteman. And here he is in person, Paul Whiteman. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. That was quite a story Bill just told about Ernie Burnett and myself. I'll never forget Ernie. He's not only a great musician, but he's a great guy as well. And you know, speaking of stories about musicians, that's my hobby now, for since I've become an acetate agitator, I've found how interested the public is in the stories about some of the men who've worked for me. And Bill, you'd be amazed how many of my former musical stars were pretty fair athletes, too. For instance, uh, did you know that Tommy and Jimmy Dorsey both wanted to be professional baseball players? And that Benny Goodman wanted to be a golf pro. Or that Morton Downey wanted to be a prize fighter. And did you know that a singer I once had wanted to be a jockey? Oh, he was nuts about horses. I guess he still is. This guy's name is Crosby. Wonder whatever happened to him. But the story I like best about music and sports is the story of a man who loved to drive fast racing cars. He raced some of the fastest automobiles in the United States. Today, people don't remember him as an automobile racer, but they do remember him as one of the most famous singers who ever lived. His name was Enrico Caruso. Thank you so much. Good luck and night, Paul Whiteman. And that's the Frio Mark for tonight. Next Friday night, we'll be back same time, same stations with another edition of the Colgate Shave Cream Sports Newsreel. Our guest next Friday evening will be one of America's most popular singing stars, Lena Horn. So be sure and be with us at our usual time next Friday night when we present in person as our special guest, the famous singing star, Lena Horn. See you then. Until then, I'll be seeing you on the screen in the news of the day, newsreel at your favorite Lowe's or Associated Theaters. Now until next Friday night at this very same time, this is Bill Stern wishing you all a good, good night. Bill Stern, the Colby Shapey Man is on his way. Bill Stern, the Colby Shapey Man and lots to say. He told his tales before she rose the inside dope. He really knows to listen in next Friday night. Bill Stern's latest article on sports appears in the current issue of Sport Magazine, now on sale at the nation's newsstand. The Bill Stern Show tonight came from New York. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.